0: Amen. So in 1988, about 35 years ago, there was a devastating earthquake that took place in Armenia. It clocked in at a 6.8 out of 10 on the Richter scale. 30,000 people died within four minutes. 30,000 people within four minutes. And a bunch of family members, a bunch of parents who knew that their children were at a school nearby after this earthquake ran to their school to see and find their kids. And when they arrived, they couldn't help but find just a bunch of rubble. And with tears in their eyes and crying outside the school, they knew what this meant, that their children were nowhere to be found. And they were there and they were crying outside of this collapsed building because of the earthquake with devastation on their hearts. And they just stood there, except one father. One father knew that he needed to do something There was one father in particular who wasn't going to accept this. And this father, standing outside of the building, started to remove one stone at a time to look for his child. And the bystanders, the other parents, saw this. And they said, let's help. Maybe we'll find our children too. So they started hour by hour removing all these stones and trying to look for their children. And as time passed by, they came to the realization that there is no hope. There is no hope. Nobody can possibly be alive, is what they thought. But again, this didn't stop this father. This one particular father kept going and he kept removing and he kept going and he kept removing the blocks and the stones. And these other parents started laughing at him. They mocked him. After a while, after mocking him for a while, and he still continued to look for his son. And after 38 hours, 38 hours looking for his son with his bloody hands, he removed one final brick, one last brick. He threw it aside and there was his son with his friends. His son's immediate reply when he saw his father after being stranded for 40 hours, his son responded, I knew you would come, dad, I knew you would come, dad. And we may hear this and say, okay, Father, well, thank you. Thank you for this lesson. But what does this have to do with Easter? And brothers and sisters, if we don't see a direct correlation with this historical event from 35 years ago of a father who went looking for his son and an actual another historical event that took place 2,000 years ago on Easter Sunday, how a father came looking after us to save us, then we don't know our story. We don't know what we're celebrating today. We've lost the meaning of Easter. We've lost the meaning of Easter. Like the story about the earthquake in Armenia, we too were covered in the rubble, the stones of sin. And God our Father sent His only Son, Jesus, to come and rescue us. And with the bloody hands of Jesus Christ, we were rescued from hell being our only destination after we pass away. That God became man because we were created by God originally. We were then captured by the devil because of original sin from Adam and Eve. And God wouldn't accept that. God would not accept that we were separated from him for all of eternity. That God sent his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to come into this world to save us with his bloody hands. So hell would not be our final destination after we died. And that our God, Jesus Christ, is not a historical man. That he is still alive today, working actively in my life and in your life. Amen? Amen. We believe this is what we are celebrating today. We are an Easter people. Easter is not one day for Catholics. We are and say Catholics, we're an Easter people. Somebody says to you, how was your Easter? Easter. We might say, well, it was nice, and you know, I went, and we went to Mass, and we uh, went over our, uh, you know, we ate dinner, we met with family and friends, and this and that. That's celebrating Easter as one day. That's not okay. We are not a one-day people. We are an Easter people who know our story, that know that we, if it were not for our Father who's so good, who did not, if he would not have sent his only son Jesus to come into this world and die for us, then we have no hope who would have hope if their only destination after they died was hell. And so that's what we're celebrating today. And brothers and sisters, we know this story, right? We've heard it in catechism when we were younger, and maybe we went to Catholic schools, and we know, yes, I have a creator, and he created me, but Adam and Eve and the snake, and it came in, and Adam and Eve said yes to the snake, to the devil, and and, 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 and sin entered, and we lost our salvation. And we know all these facts, of what happened in the book of Genesis. We know this, all these facts, and it, it's just facts in our heads, in our minds. Again, we've heard of this all before. But brothers and sisters, if it just remains facts, if it just stays up here as information, nothing will ever change in our lives. If it stays as information in our head and does not go to our heart, nothing will change. Nothing will change. Scientists say that the furthest distance is from Earth to Pluto. But I would say that the furthest distance is from our head to our hearts. They're only inches apart physically from here to here, but it could take years to go from here and what's in our head and let it transfer to our hearts. We have all this information about Jesus, about our Savior, about what Easter is supposed to be. But if it just stays up here as information our lives will never change. And if our lives never change and we don't allow this good news to be get, to get into our hearts and penetrate our hearts, if we don't allow that to happen as faithful Easter people, then if we don't change, then this world is never going to change. People say, Father, I want to change the world. And I say, take what's up here and let it hit here. And if it goes into your heart, then this world will change. You want to change the world? I want to change the world. Let's get to work. Let's transfer what we know up here about our God, our Jesus, who is alive today, who died for our sins, and that heaven is our destination now. That he has saved us. Let that change. And once that changes, this whole entire world will change. The people you work with will change. The people we go to school with will change. Our neighbors will change. So we have some work to do. And in order for it to move this information that we have, this knowledge, this information to our hearts, to transfer that Jesus saved us and is alive today, we need to make an activation. There needs to be an activation by taking what we know in our heads and activating this information into our hearts like the women in today's gospel. If we paid close attention to what happened to the women in today's gospel, the women in today's gospel knew in their heads, they had information in their heads that Jesus was going to die and was going to be resurrected. As these women knew them, Mary Magdalene followed Jesus. The disciples followed Jesus. He gave them information. Hey, I'm here now. For three years, they followed Jesus while he was doing his public ministry. For three years, Jesus was telling them, I'm going to die. I'm going to be crucified, but I will come back. Yes, Jesus, you're going to come back, you're our Savior, I get it, I understand it, information, 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 in their heads, in their heads, but it never went to their hearts. How we know that it didn't go to their hearts is they showed up to the tomb, these women, with spices. Not baharat, not those kind of spices. (laughs) Spices that they used in Jewish tradition, that when a body is placed in a tomb, they go back with spices to prepare the body for a good burial, a proper burial, So they would take the dead body and they would put spices over it. They would wrap it up in white cloth and they would put more spices to preserve the body and they would wrap it up. They showed up with spices, which means they didn't believe necessarily that Jesus was going to resurrect from the dead. It was just information. It never hit their hearts. Because if it would have hit their hearts, they would not have showed up on Easter Sunday with spices. They were expecting to find a dead body. They were expecting to prepare the body for death, for a proper burial. So brothers and sisters, they had a bunch of information, but it never penetrated their hearts. The two angels appeared to them and asked the women, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, he has risen. Basically what these angels are saying is, why are you looking for somebody who's alive in a cemetery? Nobody goes to a cemetery looking for somebody who's alive. They had a bunch of information in their head about Jesus, how he was going to save them but it never went to their hearts. And we too can live our whole entire lives as adults on our deathbed, not knowing this information in our hearts. Now, how do we go from our heads about Jesus being our savior and that he rescued us from the hands of the devil and that now we are no longer destined for hell? How do we take this information from our heads and go to our hearts? What are some practical ways to do this, right? And that really live as if Jesus is alive today. What are some ways? Some actual ways, right, that I will move from my head that Jesus is alive today and know it in my heart. Practical ways, number one, is when I can use the name of Jesus when I need to fight temptation here on earth. The word Jesus, that name, that five-letter word is one of the most powerful prayers that we have. If you and I want to know that Jesus is alive today, we use his name today. The name Jesus, that five-letter word, means Savior in Hebrew. So when I say that name, Jesus, today, I'm activating that he's really alive today in 2022, 2023, and every other day in my life when I activate his name. Okay, I know in my head Jesus' name means Savior, but now I need to activate it. I need this in my heart. I need to use it as a weapon to fight back in the spiritual battle. And guess what? We'll start to know that Jesus is alive when we use his name. That Jesus, your name means Savior, and I'm being tempted right now. So save me right now, Jesus, Jesus, from this sin that I'm about to fall in, and guess what? We're activating, and Jesus comes and He saves us from falling into serious sin. All the saints used the name of Jesus to fight in the spiritual battle. All the saints knew that His name had power, that Jesus was alive, not some dead historical person from 2,000 years ago. One example that I could think of was Saint Ignatius of Loyola. St. Ignatius one day had a lustful thought that the devil was trying to love to to give him so he's having this lustful thought and he closed his eyes and he said Jesus 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 and he got into this practice of activating and fighting with the name of Jesus and one day after the devil knew what he was doing and he was really using his name the name of Jesus when he was fighting temptation the devil said to St. Ignatius he says to him you know what I'm not tempting you anymore with lust. Because it's having a reverse effect of what it's, what's, what it's doing to you. I want you to fall into mortal sin. And now you're using it to save you. I'm done. No more. He knew the power of the name of Jesus. He activated this information in his head, St. Ignatius. He let it penetrate his heart. And he became a great saint. I want to become a saint. All of you should want to become saints. We use the name of Jesus to do that. And we use the name of Jesus to help us when we're feeling anxious, when we're depressed. We use the name of anxious when we're feeling tempted to be impatient, to be angry, to not forgive, to have hatred in my heart. Jesus. And right now, let's activate that. Right now, we're going to say the name of Jesus like we really mean it, because that scares the devil. And we're gonna say it together three times on the count of three like we really mean it. One, two, three. Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That's number one. Number two, I will move from my head that Jesus is alive today and know it in my heart when I cross myself with a sign of the cross when I'm in a dangerous or very stressful situation. Brothers and sisters, the same way that the dog fears a newspaper Right? When the owner is coming after him, or how I like to say, after our mother comes after us with a na'alta, we fear that sometimes, right? Young kids don't know about na'ala. CPS is a real thing these days, so <laughs> you guys don't know about that. But we did. We knew what a na'ala Do you know what a na'ala is? You do? Okay. We need to talk to your parents. I need to talk to your parents after Mass. So. The same way a dog fears the newspaper, the devil fears the sign of the cross today. Why? It's because he's being reminded every time we cross ourselves with the sign of the cross today, how he lost all of his power over us. He hates being reminded of the devil of the cross. Because again, when Jesus died on the cross, the devil lost all of his power over us. He knew that we were no longer his slaves. And so when we too today use the sign of the cross, we are activating what we know in our mind that Jesus has died for me on the cross and now I'm bringing it to life today in 2022, 2023, and every day of my life moving forward. Again, the saints use the sign of the cross in very dangerous and stressful situations. A true story, St. Louis of Bertrand was confronted one day by someone trying to kill him with a, with a gun. But St. Louis did the sign of the cross over the man trying to kill him, and his gun turned into a crucifix, brothers and sisters. A crucifix. Now you may say, that's impossible. With faith, nothing is impossible. So when we are faced with dangerous situations, when we're faced with stressful situations, we sign ourselves today to activate what we know in our minds, that Jesus is alive and Jesus will say, I'm with you. Do not be afraid. So now let us sign ourselves with a sign of the cross like we really mean it and activate what we know in our hearts and not just in our minds. So together, let's sign ourselves in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. The third thing, I will move from my head that Jesus is alive today and know it in my heart when I read the Holy Bible in my life and not just as a historical book if we want to know god is alive if we want to know jesus is with us and we want to know what he wants from us in our lives we go to his book we're going to see god face to face one day and god's going to say i wrote a book did you read it i wrote a book did you read it and we'll sit there in front of god almighty creator of heaven and earth and we'll sit there and we'll say, no, I haven't read it. We know everybody else's book. We're on social media and we're on people's lives and their chapters of what's going on. And we're scrolling and we're scrolling and we're going. And we're, we're very interested in what's going on in other people's lives. And, and we're interested in their story and what's going on in their lives and their book. But we're going to see God face to face. And God's going to say, I wrote a book. Did you read it? Did you read it? You were anxious all those days in your life. You didn't have hope all those days in your life. And I could have been there to help you, to walk with you. And all you had to do was open that book to hear my voice. I'm not a distant God who's far away in the skies, and the heavens, hiding in the clouds. I'm alive in my word. And if you open up my word, I will speak to you. I will show you I'm alive. I will solve your problems. I will bring healing to your families, to your children, to your addictions. I will heal because I'm alive. Amen? Amen? Amen. We turn to the word of God and we allow it to penetrate our hearts. So when we go out there in that world and they say, that's an old book. That book is irrelevant, that book is outdated, it has no power. We could say, it does have power because it changed my life. In 2019, GQ magazine wrote about our Bible and they put it on a list of 10 books don't bother reading. This is what the world thinks of our book. They said the book is outdated, it's irrelevant, it's judgmental, and it has no power. We're allowing people out there to tell us what our book is? No. Because we can only speak from experience. When I open up that book and I say, you don't know what you're talking about. This is the best book. It's the only book worth reading. Because God is alive and he speaks to me through his book, through his word. And finally, I will move from my head that Jesus is alive today and know it in my heart when I come to mass each week and approach the Eucharist as Jesus' body, blood, soul, and divinity, and not just a piece of bread. Again, in Catholic schools and catechism, we're told, in that box is Jesus, his body, his blood, his soul, his divinity. It's not just a symbol, and we know it up here. But has it reached our hearts? If we approach it as bread, then it's never going to change my life. But if I approach it differently and I say, okay, I'm gonna to come to Mass every week. Jesus, you say, and I have a lot of information about what this Eucharist is. You say in the Bible, it's your body, it's your blood, it's your soul, it's your divinity. To me, it looks like bread. To me, it smells like bread. To me, it tastes like bread. But you say it's something else, and I wanna transfer what I know in my mind, and I really wanna feel it in my heart. I will approach it differently, and I will allow you to change me. And if that's you, Jesus, Jesus will start to show us that he's alive in the Eucharist because I will start to change. I will be more patient. I will have more love. I'll be less judgmental. I will change the world. Why? It's because I have transferred information about the Eucharist in my mind and I've let it hit my heart. And again, if I allow it to change me, my family will change. The people I go to school with will change. The people I work with will change. And this world will change. Because I've allowed Jesus to take me, to change me. So brothers and sisters, again approaching the Eucharist, then I receive his mind, I receive his heart, I receive his eyes, I will speak with his mouth. Everything changes. Like the story about the earthquake in Armenia, we too were covered in the rubble of sin. God our Father sent his only son Jesus to come and rescue us. And with the bloody hands of Jesus Christ, we were rescued from hell being our final destination after we die, and is still alive and with us today. Like the women in today's gospel, we may know that Jesus has resurrected in our minds, but have we activated this information and let it transfer to our hearts by saying the name of Jesus in times of temptation, crossing myself when I'm in a dangerous situation, reading my Bible to hear God's voice for my life, and attending Mass each week and approaching the Eucharist as truly Jesus. And many of us will come forward to receive Jesus in the Most Holy Eucharist today. What will Jesus find in your soul? What will Jesus find in my soul? Will Jesus find a soul that has allowed the resurrection of Jesus go from their heads to their hearts and therefore are living their lives as if, Jesus, you are alive? Or will Jesus find a soul that has not allowed the resurrection of Jesus go from their heads to their hearts and therefore are living their lives as if, Jesus, you are dead. I have no hope. So brothers and sisters, we have an amazing decision to make right now. Let's sit here for a minute and make that decision and invite Jesus to take what we know in our heads and transfer it to our hearts. Amen. 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 Amen.